If the road to success is always under construction, what do you do if you take the wrong exit? Do you turn around or keep going to see what's next? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change you want to see. This episode is brought to you by Shift Shaper Strategies. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. Clarify your message so you win more clients, crush your sales goals, and build your practice. Learn more at shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now, here's your host, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Chief Transformation Strategist at Shift Shaper Strategies, David Saltzman. You know, almost without exception, when someone starts a business, they have a plan. And as Mike Tyson is reputed to have once said, you know, everybody in a fight has a plan until they get punched in the face. Sometimes as you build your business, you work your way through things and other opportunities or other needs for clients present themselves, and you find yourself down the road in a kind of very different place than you thought you were. And I know that's happened to some of us. One of the people to whom it's happened is our guest today, Carrie Espinosa, who's the principal advisor at Horizon Benefit Services. And we thought her story would be instructive for a lot of people. So Carrie, welcome. Thank you, David. I'm honored to be here today. Oh, it's our pleasure to have you. So uh, one of the things that I caught first in your pre-interview questionnaire was you describe yourself as a hire to retire advisor. And I love that phrase. Would you explain to the audience what that means? I'd love to. So hire to retire means that we handle all aspects of the health insurance continuum. We can serve employers and their employee benefits needs and also serve their retirees when they're transitioning off of their group health plan into Medicare. So it's a continuum. It is. What we found was that the benefits brokerage, right, started focusing primarily on employer groups. And I found that a lot of the employees were coming to me or the employers were sending employees to me saying, hey, I'm turning 65. I don't know what to do. And I said, well, I'll figure that out. I've got a solution for you. So I, you know, did a lot of research. I've studied this. No, I've been doing this for several years now. So it comes sort of second nature. Now, when somebody's transitioning into Medicare, turning 65, we look at, are you still actively working? If you're still actively working, we have to consider the group health plan option. But let's take a look at Medicare and see if that's a viable option as well. As you know, David, it's discriminatory for an employer to tell their employees, hey, you're 65, you're kicked off of the group health plan. And unfortunately, some employers don't know that. Many do. But that's the other level of guidance that we provide is to the HR professionals or to the employers saying, hey, we got to be in compliance. Here's what you need to be doing. These employees are eligible for Medicare. Let's educate them. Well, you know, it's interesting because if, if you talk about this work as a continuum, isn't that really the way relationships go? Relationships are a continuum also. And I know you're, you're big on creating relationships. Has that been a, a big key to your success? relationships have absolutely been key to my success. That and being the best of what I could be and what I do, right? So I find that in our space, there's a lot of people who know just one part of the health insurance aspect. They know just employer benefits, or they know just Affordable Care Act, or they know just Medicare. 
And in order for me to be the most effective in all three of those spaces, I need to understand what each looks like independent, but also as part of the continuum. So building those relationships with the employers allows their employees to trust me when it comes time to turn 65 and they don't know what to do. And if you've ever turned 65 or you know anybody who has, the amount of mail, the amount of calls, the amount of people trying to sell you something is absolutely overwhelming. Having somebody who will guide you through the process and not be pushing a product or a sale is so imperative to your satisfaction and to your understanding of what your options are. I mean, I turned 65 so long ago, I can't even see it in the rearview mirror anymore. But I do remember that first year getting what felt like tons of confusing and contradictory and, hey, we're the best brochures in the mail. It was completely bewildering. And, you know, I'm fortunate I've got a really great group health insurance plan. And so while I have a Part A card because Blue Cross submitted some medical expenses, I'm not yet fully on Medicare. But had I been in that spot, even being in the business for 40 years, I would have been confused as all get out. So I completely understand your point. Now, your practice started and maybe still is mostly on the small group side. Is it? Do I remember that correctly? Right. I had a friend who asked me if I would come help her in her insurance business. And after, you know, some convincing, I agreed. And she had Horizon Benefit Services. So that was what we did. We helped smaller employers. And through the years, we've evolved to some larger size groups and we've evolved into the Medicare space. And David, I'm really glad you brought up your situation specifically because a big mistake a lot of employees make is in a large group space, specifically more than 20 employees, right? Which isn't necessarily a large group, but more than 20 employees. Medicare Part B, if you're still actively working, is optional. Medicare Part B isn't something that you necessarily have to take. And there's nothing more difficult for me when I'm sitting down with someone who's 70 years old, they're actively working, they have Medicare Parts A and B, and they're with a larger employer, and they didn't need to take it. And I'm thinking, oh, you've spent all this money, and you really didn't need to. And, you know, people in the back office, maybe the cost isn't an issue, but for the warehouse worker or for the employee who's not being compensated as much, that Medicare Part B premium adds up. Sure. Well, you know, it's funny, because every time I think about Medicare, I think about that bumper sticker that a camel is a horse that was designed by a committee. It's really kind of confusing. And just like a camel, it looks like it was made up of spare parts that kind of got glued together. The reason I asked about small group is because I think, and you can bear this out for me, in small group, not only the relationship's a little bit closer, but those folks have less in-house resources than the larger groups, most of the larger groups do. Do you find that that involves you more with individuals and that's kind of the path that ended you up on the Medicare side? Yeah, absolutely. So for my small group clients, you know, they don't have HR necessarily. They don't have legal. It's a handful of people, all hands on deck. Everybody's trying to keep the business moving forward and they don't have time to think about their benefits. They don't have time to think about, you know, what kind of benefit plan should we design? What, how should we set contributions? It's my job to come alongside of them and help them with that. And it's also my job to come alongside of them and say, Hey, what does your employee population look like? And how many people do we have on the, you know, the mature end of the spectrum? Because we want to be sophisticated and smart about contributions. We don't want to design something that's not beneficial to the employees to want to participate in the group health plan. But barring in mind that you're over 65 population can, you know, add a lot of cost to both you and to them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So building those relationships has allowed me not just to serve their employees, right, but to also get a lot of referrals. And that's fortunately how we've grown our agency. Sales isn't my forte. I'm not out knocking on a lot of doors. My clients know they can come to me night or day, anytime. I will help them. Actually, just this last Sunday, I got a text from one of my employers who had an employee pass away, unfortunately, over the weekend unexpectedly. And they reached out to me and they said, we need to know what kind of resources are available. You know, what do you recommend in regards to responding to this? The employer already knew they needed to be ahead of it with the other employees and the communication. But I was able to pull together resources and it made such a difference in how they were able to serve their employee population, you know, during a a tragic event like that. At the end of the day, I'm a small business. All small business owners We're trying to just keep the momentum going, not lose our focus, do a great job taking care of our clients, our customers, and not get caught up in each bit of minutia, right? Not get caught up in the benefits, not get caught up in the legal, not get caught up in the HR. We need those partners, and I'm honored for the groups that I serve to do that with them. I'm curious, you know, you said that your practice has evolved and now you're doing some larger groups as well. Do you find that talking about the Medicare side of what you offer to clients is a differentiator that maybe helps you get a BOR or land a larger employer because their advisors may be not focused on that continuum? Have you found that to be the case? I have found that. I've found that employers want it to be simple. They want a solution that's going to be good today, good tomorrow. And being that hire to retire solution, you know, allows them to have one resource for all of those needs instead of having to have two different resources. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't specialize and you shouldn't have, right, somebody who's an expert at large group versus, you know, middle market. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is there's opportunity if you're already doing the right thing by your clients to evolve into some complementary products. It's just building a knowledge that brokers already know. Maybe a little bit of a shift, right, when you get into the Medicare space, but it's very doable and a great opportunity to continue the relationship with your client and to add value to that relationship. And now, a word from our sponsor. It's a fact. Salespeople and organizations lose opportunities because they don't clearly communicate their value. In today's market, your story is your message. It should be crystal clear, perfectly arranged, and precisely targeted to attract the clients you want. As a certified story brand guide, we use the exclusive SB7 process to create that story and the websites and collateral that deliver it. If your message isn't cutting through the noise, we can help. Visit us at shiftshaperstrategies.com to learn how we can help you find, clarify, and deliver a message that wins clients crushes sales goals, and builds your practice. In sales, if you confuse, you lose. So learn more and schedule that call today at shiftshaperstrategies.com. That's shiftshaperstrategies.com. And now back to our discussion. You know, in in the larger group space, you know, I, I wonder if being more full service, for lack of a better word, allows you to get closer to the employee population as well, because in the middle or large mid-market to large group size, oftentimes, other than open enrollment meetings, you know, where people just really want to know, has my deductible gone up? Has my premium gone up? And they don't remember much of anything else. Has it allowed you also to get closer to the employees and create those relationships? It has. It's also allowed us to be more effective when we're looking at risk for the group. We know their employees a little bit more intimately. We also help them choose and use their benefits, 
the using part is key because it helps them identify when I do need care, how do I do that most cost effectively, right? Mm -hmm. We just had a situation in our office this week where an employee was leaving the employer and somebody told her, oh, you need to sign up for Affordable Care Act coverage. And so that's what she did. And then the employer came back and said, would you mind to come alongside this employee, this recently separated employee and give her some guidance? I said, of course. So the, we had a conversation with the employee, right? And come to find out her Affordable Care Act coverage was over $1,000 a month. And I said, gosh, did you think about Jennifer taking COBRA? COBRA is less expensive than that. You've probably already satisfied a portion of your deductible. I mean, we're now in October, but this was in September, right? I said, let's look at this as a, as a big picture decision instead of just somebody's telling you what to do. But that's the value, David, you know, that we provide as advisors, right? This isn't just a transaction. This is advising and guiding someone to making the correct decision and how to do that effectively. On the employer side, Does it sometimes require a cultural shift in the way the employers think about how they treat the employees who are of Medicare age beyond just the education? And I'm sure there's an education component for the employers as well, isn't there? There is. There's definitely an education component. And I think that, you know, most of the employers that we work with, fortunately, really design benefits and approach healthcare, approach their employees with such great care, right? They want to make sure that they're not just looking out for their best interests. They obviously have to manage their bottom line, but it's, Carrie, can you help me tailor the solution for the employees and guide them, you know, not just help us sell the insurance or buy the insurance, but when the employees need it, can you help them use it as well? Yeah. And we had a, a situation or an opportunity, I should say, about a month ago where we're working with a business consultant. It's a larger employer. They've got a big portion of their Medicare population on the group health plan. It's driving a lot of cost. They want to try to shift some of that cost, you know, in a way that makes sense. And the first thing we look at are their contributions. And I'm like, geez, at a 95% employer contribution, there's not a decision for the employee whether they want to stay on the group health plan or they want to go on to Medicare. Naturally, they want to stay on the group health plan because it's such a generous package. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the market in particular that you're in is a market where employers tend to want to be, for lack of a nicer word, more paternalistic. They've got that kind of more old school thought about, you know, I have to take care of whatever that means, however that's defined. I have to take care of my employees. So the the first step is educating them. And then the second step is being able to engage with the employees and try to show them that difference. Is that, do you have a process, you know, set for that, a workflow that works well for you? We do. We jokingly say that when somebody's transitioning into Medicare, Medicare is on the job, you know, I lovingly call myself or refer to myself as Medicare. And the first thing we do is we look at their current benefit package, compare that with what Medicare looks like, factoring in the Medicare Part B premiums and whether they're over 20 employees and they can delay Medicare without penalty or if they're under 20 and then they need to consider Medicare Part B. We educate them not just on the initial costs, but the expected out-of-pocket costs as well, because it's easy to look at Medicare and to say, oh, well, gosh, for around $300 a month, I can have my Part B, my supplement, and my drug plan. You know, at first glance, that looks fantastic. But the reality is the prescription drug component is such a huge variable. And if somebody's on very, very expensive medications, they may be better off staying on a group health plan if that's an option for them, right? If they're retiring, it may or may not be an option. If they're still actively working, it is. That Medicare drug plan has a donut hole, which 
when you get into the donut hole, the prescription drugs are very expensive. Now, right now, we're in year two of the Medicare Part D senior savings model with the insulins. So insulins are, you know, not all, but many insulins are a $35 copayment with, you know, certain plans. That's great, but it's also not a permanent fix. It's a five-year plan. So I think that an employee making that decision needs to factor into account what are my current needs and what are my future needs and make decisions strategically so that they're getting the best value for their healthcare dollar. While you're talking about Part D, which is always just confused the bejabbers out of me, and I've been at this a long, long time, the way it ended up coming to bear, you know, there were a lot of hands stirring the pot. But do you also find that one of the services that you have to offer, especially when you do Part D plans, is an annual review because my health has changed or the drugs that I'm taking have changed? Maybe I need to be on a different plan. Is that also part of what your service is? It's, it's funny that you ask this today. So this week, we actually had our annual enrollment period planning meetings with all of our Medicare clients. What we do is we offer three different dates and times. We allow our clients the opportunity to jump on any one of those three, obviously registers, so we know they're there. We cover the Medicare landscape, what kind of changes are currently underway. As you know, one of the Biden proposals includes a human infrastructure component, right, that's going to change how what Medicare covers with regards to certain benefits. So we talk about that. But we spend a big portion of our time talking about Medicare Part D and Medicare prescription drugs because that's somebody's biggest variable in their health care costs and retirement. And I have to tell you, it's kind of like a shell game. I always start the conversation with a client when we're looking at their prescription drug plan. I'll say, David, what I'm going to tell you is going to defy all logic and reason. Don't ask me why or how this is like this. It just is. My objective is to help you beat the game. And I have a great tool that I use that has an algorithm built in that looks into the different variables. What are your prescription drugs? What pharmacy do you like to use? And then that measures that or compares that across multiple carriers because every insurance company has a different formulary, different preferred pharmacies, right? And literally it shocks people when I say, oh, well, based on your medications today, based on your needs today and this, you know, this scenario, your best plan is say $20 a month. Your anticipated out-of-pocket spend for the year is 800 That's the best value. When we look at one of the plans that they may have chosen just based on company brand or recognition, it can be four, five times as much. I mean, it's, it's bewildering. So absolutely, every year we prepare our clients with, we do an annual enrollment planning meeting, like I said, where we talk about what we're going to be doing for the annual review process. We focus on Medicare Part D prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage plans. And let me just give a little plug to anybody who's listening now in case they're not aware. The annual enrollment period starts October 15th, runs through December 7th. If you're working in the Medicare space, you know this. If you're you know, working in the large group space, you may not be aware, although you're sending out your Part D creditable coverage notices. It's really important for our clients, our consumers, to be aware that that annual enrollment period is coming up. And if they need to make a change, this is when they do it. Are you, I know I have some friends who are in the same space that you're in, and they vehemently go, I will not sell Medicare Advantage plans, or I will not sell MedSupps. And I suspect that one size doesn't fit everybody. How do you help people figure out which one of those things makes sense for you? Or, or are you in one of those camps where you just have the opinion that one is better than the other for folks? I believe that everyone's situation and needs are unique. Some people want unbridled access to healthcare. Some people want low cost. 
You know, there's two times that people really think about their health care or their health insurance. It's when they're paying for their health insurance and when they're using it, right? When they're paying for it, they want cheap, but when they're using it, they want good. A lot of my conversation with a Medicare beneficiary is exactly that. And I tell them I can't marry those two thoughts. So let's talk about your priorities when it comes to health care. And then based on that, here's the plan that's going to best meet your needs. Well, that fits what you told me your kind of unofficial motto is, which is come for the insurance, stay for the love. I love that when we talked about that, you know, in our pre-interview. But that's what the deal of long-term relationships is. And that's why, as you said earlier, your business can be built on referrals. And it's a, it's a much, I think it's a much better model than what I call the Don Juan model, which is always in search of a new conquest. In the last minute or so that we've got left, where do you see your practice going? Do you ultimately see the, the Medicare side overtaking the small group side? Or do you think it's going to continue to be that kind of happy marriage where one feeds the other? Well, I want it to be a happy marriage. I think that knowing Medicare makes me more effective in the group space. I think that knowing employee benefits makes me more effective in the Medicare space. I see our agency growing and becoming a little bit more segmented, but still very caring and very client-centered and mission-driven. Because at the end of the day, I think that consumers have a lot coming at them. And that's true whether you're an employer trying to run a business or you're a CFO, you know, trying to keep the business afloat or you're just grandma and grandpa sure. getting overwhelmed this time of year. I think as consumers, we're also inundated with information. The key to happiness in life is finding those resources that you can trust, people that are going to look out for your best interests, that aren't going to steer you wrong. And that's what exactly what we want to be to our clients, whether we're doing it on the benefit side, we're doing it on the Medicare side or somewhere in between. And that's a perfect place to end our interview for today. Carrie Espinosa, Principal Advisor at Horizon Benefit Services. Carrie, thanks so much for sharing your knowledge with the audience. Thank you, David. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Shift Shaper Strategies and may not be reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without our express written permission. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.